Hey everybody, welcome to Rockpile Talkpile, the official podcast of Colorado Rockies subreddit. Uh, I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17. Uh, we got the regulars today. What's going on, guys? What's up, guys? Uh, John, J Foster 15 Hey guys, I'm Jason, JSA17. Yeah, we uh, unfortunately didn't have much to do in June, and we didn't do much in June because the Rockies also didn't do much in June. But it's... Yeah, where's Jack when you need him? Yeah, the... Uh, you can have, like, a drum solo. We kind of joked that the podcast went through a June swoon, but we... Um, yeah, the Rockies had their kind of little June swoon. They did have a losing record in March, but they only played three games in March, so that's not really a thing. But they had a winning record in April and a winning record in May, and then were five games below 500 in June. And then, obviously, so far in july have a winning record again so it was uh we all joke about the june swoon but sometimes it certainly seems to be a real thing ours every rockies team has a june swoon yep patent pended baby <laughs> and i think it just hurt more this year because last year was the one of the few years like oh we've got optimism yeah and i guess yeah. we went i mean I, there was certainly that burn it all down kind of time period last year too when uh late june early july the team just fell apart Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that is all that was and the team just fell apart for a little while and we can now stay in it and we've kind of mentioned that over the, their last eight games the Rockies are 7-1 and one and clawing their way back into that wild card yeah. slash division race yeah no, nobody separated themselves in either race so we're still in the thick of things because everybody's jumbled up yeah and it's every team that seems to make the playoffs every year has that one run at a certain point where they kind of establish what their season's going to be. And so if the Rockies can go through like a 12 and three or 12 and four stretch, which they're trying to do right now, then that would be um, kind of something a little bit dominant for lack of a better word that would show that they're here to play and not just a team that also played. I mean, June was, June was terrible. Um, Mostly because of the pitching, um, because the offense finally decided to show up. Yeah. Um, there were real quick stats in the relief pen. The relief pitchers were the fourth worst in baseball in the month of June Ooh. with a FIP of 5.02. Ooh. And the XFIP was second worst at 4.93. <sighs> oh, and the left on base percentage again, terrible 57.3%. God. It felt like more than that, too. Yeah. It's like we're just giving them base runners to score. Yeah. And it, and it, was it, it that. felt like every time every time somebody got on with less than one out, they were guaranteed to score. There was no way they weren't going to score. It was definitely, it definitely did not feel like the most expensive bullpen in baseball history. It was just a classic Rockies bullpen of just not, just complete inability to do almost anything ever. <laughs> Um, it, like you, you couldn't trust anybody, and then Otto was out for that time. You literally couldn't trust anybody. Yeah, there was yeah, nobody in there that you thought to yourself, "Well, this is this is the guy we can go to." Um, and Wade was shaky, and you're not going to use him unless you have to. Well, yeah, and that Texas game, boy, that hurt. That hurt my soul. Um, the uh, that was actually that Texas game was on my birthday. <laughs> so oh, that was a happy ter- birthday. That was a terrible birthday happy present. Birthday. <laughs> it was Father's Day. It was my birthday. Yeah, that was a terrible birthday present. That was not the type of Father's Day that we had last year, that's for sure. Um, no, it was literally the exact opposite. If you stop having birthdays, <laughs> right. you know, have a bad, 
And so that never aged again. That kind of run differential thing that we talk have talked about with that six inning on. Uh, they have a negative thirty four run differential in the sixth, negative twenty four run differential in the seventh, a negative twenty two in the eighth, a negative sixteen in the ninth. So it's like if you're just assuming that your starter is going five innings, um, which isn't always the case. I mean, obviously guys are going to go six or seven, and John Gray, for example, is somebody that contributes to that sixth inning uh, run differential because that's kind of where he explodes every single time. Um, but it, you can just kind of safely assume that six through nine are going to be a fair amount of bullpen innings, and those at, in that six through nine, you know, our run differential is worse than 100 right now. Yeah, and I can't remember even in this stretch where our pitchers have been going seven or eight innings of really good pitching. Can't really remember our our hitters. I mean, last night we scored one in the ninth, but it was, I mean. They shut down. But, yeah, it's Uh, what? From the sixth thing on, we have the fifth worst. uh, We had runs created plus 77, and we had on base average is 17th best. Um, Chicks dig the Woba. Don't forget that. Chicks dig the Woba. But I think what really kills you is um, you're going to use a pinch hitter at some point. And it's hard to control pinch hitters, but the Rockies pinch hitters have struck out the ninth most this season. Yeah, I I think that's why they're keeping three catchers is because they want Chris Iannetta to be a pinch hitter because he's a veteran, knows how to take a walk. It's about the only reason why I can explain why they've held three catchers for basically two and a half weeks now. And with There's a lot of strange with John, things that have happened this year. With John Gray's demotion, you would think that a core, like kind of a corresponding move in that case would be also demoting Tony Walters because it seemed like Tony Walters was here because he caught John Gray. Um, and, you know, obviously his defense is good, but his offense is poor. Never mind that he had a two triple game last night. Twenty three bats. And so when he, when John Gray got sent down, who was kind of you know the platoon that kept Walters up, you would have thought that they would then go away from that three catcher deal at least for the time being. But obviously that hasn't been the case. Um, the other thing is uh, Murph's on a paternity leave now. Right, yeah. and so now he hasn't, he hasn't always been. It still makes no sense. Yeah. Um, Little sense. So on the on the front, really quick, of Tony Walters hitting two triples last night. Obviously, the broadcast covered that he was the first Rockies catcher to hit two triples, but he's only the tenth player uh, since 1987, I think it was, that has hit two or only the ninth catcher or tenth catcher since 1987 has hit two triples in a game. So it's happened 98 times in Major League history, but in the past 30 some odd years, it's only happened 10 times now. So it's actually a pretty rare thing in this day and age to see a catcher hit two triples. Yeah, it's yeah, like we were playing we, in the William Hayes If we didn't days. have Tony, if we didn't have Tony, I mean, it, we'd, I'd miss his defense yep. and his grit and his speed, you know. And his smile. And his smile. <laughs> he could be that, like, 13th inning pinch runner. Yeah. So we're just waiting for a 13th inning game. Well, That's no. why I have Tony Walters rather than, like, more pitching staff. Um, I guess we. Do you guys want to talk about how crazy the roster construction is now? I mean, there was a point where I've always wanted us for extended home stands to do a nine man bullpen and a three man bench because I just thought it would give us the best chance in like a seven or ten game home stand. I just never thought we'd do three catchers at the same time with that. 
Right. And it was just a, I don't know, it just felt weird. I'm sure that the players I mean, were fine with it and understood it, but from an outside perspective, you look at a roster that's got nine pitchers, three bench guys, two of which are catchers, you're confused as you look at it. I think also, I mean, who are you going to bring up at this point? You got, what, Brian Shaw's in the DL still, right? And Mike Dunn just got sent to the DL. Yeah. So, And then called up Jordan Patterson instead of Ryan McMahon. So I, what are we doing with Ryan McMahon? What I are don't we doing know. with Ryan McMahon? Like I, I'm always, I've always been, you know, wanting Jordan Patterson to get a legitimate shot. I just thought should probably have Ryan McMahon up. I don't really get it. Unless they know they're not going to get many at-bats for whoever this person is. So they're like, eh, let's just put Jordan up there for a couple days. Who cares? Well, that's because you have to have um, Pat Valeka on the team. Because you, you don't just, have to. You just have to. <laughs> He's playing shortstop today, which is Yeah, so why weird. is Story? Is it just an off day for Story? He's not. He got hit with a ball in the foot last oh, night. Oh, he did. Yeah, they said he was. He Broke was his record. Yeah, he was uh, jogging around in the outfield and was just kind of not jogging well. And Sa- Saunders keeps saying, "Not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big thing." But that was the same thing that they said about David Dahl's foot injury. So, and David Dahl, I think, was so taking we're going to amputate then. Hopefully, Dahl again. Yeah. So when we bring Dahl up, we'll um, probably, you know demote um anderson so we can have more outfielders right <laughs> more outfielders than pitchers that's what we should go for With that three-man rotation and eight <laughs> outfielders that's the rest of the uh, um, this is why we have so many left-handed hitting outfielders is because they want this one of them can pitch right right when it's the seventh inning you bring in charlie blackman he used to pitch at georgia oh. tech so or at yeah. juco i don't think he pitched at georgia tech but he did the uh bettis um Thing. Like peanut butter. John's getting a peanut where's, butter shake as we speak. Where's my smoothie? Right. <laughs> I think um, when we talk about smoothies, we should talk about the blend of a team and how the team blends together about um, filling in the smoothie of uh, Bettis is injured. <laughs> uh, so Bettis... My bad. Obviously, uh, my bad. <laughs> Bettis is what happens when you have a family. Things happen, okay? <laughs> Bettis obviously has a blister right now, which um, is one They've been of calling it a hot spot for like a month now. Because t- there was one time he left early and they said hot spot, but he made his next start. They said hot spot. Well, and then, and then they've been showing him on the bench recently with tape on his fingers. But um, for people, if you don't know, like a blister for a pitcher can actually kind of, like it sounds so silly. Oh my gosh, you have a blister, but... If you are a pitcher who is using the laces to put spin on the ball and using everything like that, um, a blister can seriously throw off your game to the point that, like, if you look at Rich Hill, who has facilitated back and forth between, um, or excuse me, vacillated back and forth between the DL and the uh, the starting rotation for the Dodgers, is mainly because of blisters. I mean, he hasn't really been hurt in any other way, but those blisters can really destroy uh, what a pitcher can do. Yeah, and for a guy like Chad who relies on movement, he's got to press hard on those seams, and then that seam just rubs friction on that finger, and once it goes, it's hard to get that to callus over so that it stops. I I don't remember if you guys saw, but there was a picture floating around of Shohei Otani's hand a month or so ago, and it looked gross. Yeah, it just looks 
painful. And so up. Um, if you ever are at a game and you're sitting close to a dugout, if you watch uh, pitchers that aren't going that day, you'll see them messing with their hands a lot, uh, messing with calluses, messing with their fingernails, messing with everything they can because just even the little smallest hangnail or um, a catch on the side of your finger or something like that can prevent you from throwing pitches. I mean, it's a pretty... And you got to trust your pitches too. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty. Inter- I mean, it's a pretty interesting thing how much goes into being able to throw those breaking balls. That's more than just you know arm action and everything like that. Um, to the point that some guys pee on their hands. I mean, <laughs> they'll try anything they and everything they can to try to make sure their hands stay in shape. That's how they stay in shape, huh? They do. They pee. I'm dead serious. They pee on their hands. Guys that don't wear batting gloves, you can assume like bat, like uh, batters that wear batting that gloves, do. you can just assume so, that they pee on their hands. So do you think just Archie Bradley just accidentally mixed it up? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what happened. Oh, he's supposed to pee, not, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, not oh go God. number two. Zach is referencing uh, a time that uh, Archie Bradley said in an interview that he one time pooped himself before, uh, well, like in the dugout. I mean, kind who of deal, hasn't? So. The best is Fangraphs wrote it investigative article trying to point <laughs> pinpoint the game that it happened that in. Archie Bradley pooped himself. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a great um, article. So you know who you know who's pooped themselves. John Gray somehow has pooped himself into the minor leagues, and we're gonna talk about it after this break. And welcome back to Colorado Rockies subreddit's podcast in the Rock Pile Talk Pile. Um, brought to you by John's uh, famous peanut butter smoothies. Smoothie King. <laughs> Pay us now, please. Smoothie King. Um, I want to talk about uh, John Gray. And John mentioned uh, a couple podcasts that talked about John Gray. Um, why don't you enlighten us, Smoothie King? <laughs> yeah, so um, Effectively Wild talked about John Gray pretty extensively. And then the Ringer MLB podcast had an entire segment on him. Common link there is Ben Lindbergh. Uh, basically, what they found is Jason wrote something about it. I wrote something about it. Others have written stuff about it. His predictive metrics show he's even better than last year. His uh, results metrics show he's terrible this year. And basically, what they pinpointed was is when he doesn't have, I think the direct quote was, is when no one's on base, he's Max Scherzer. When someone gets on base, he's a below average pitcher. And that's basically what it comes down to. And it's, it's weird, as they've noted, because John Gray, yeah, he doesn't, it's not like he goes from the stretch to the wind up or back and forth or anything like that. Like he uses the same pitch every time. And for whatever reason, when there's somebody on base, John Gray is an awful pitcher. But if you look at, like you're talking about some of those peripherals, um, he's t- he's a top ten pitcher in like every category. Right. Yeah, he's got it the worst. Sense. He's got the worst. Or, um, uh, he doesn't have the worst. Lucas Giolito has the worst, but he's got the second worst ERA of any starting pitcher in baseball, despite the fact that he's like a top ten, top fifteen pitcher by every like he sh- that's what he should be by every metric. Yeah. yeah. Let's take let's take a look at those uh, the differences. I want to start off with this incredible stat. Did you guys know that when uh, the bases are empty, John Gray's left on base percentage is 100%? Nice. <laughs> Man. 
it's probably tied for first, I would bet. <laughs> I would think so. I hope so, at least. <laughs> Um, he actually is even better this year than last year with the bases empty. His FIPS 1.93, XFIPS 1.82. Which um, is exactly, which is Max Scherzer level. Yeah. but his, And his Babbitt's 405 with the bases empty. So he's still getting dinked and dunked around. Still getting dinked and dunked. <laughs> That's crazy. And then as soon as you put anybody on, his FIP rises to 4.69, XFIPS 4.15, uh, Babbitt's 367. Still getting dinged around. And his left on base percentage falls to twenty one point four percent. I didn't even know you could get an LOB that low. That is like, terrible. So basically, four out of five runners that get on base will score. Yep. That's pretty awful. Wow. That's pretty awful. And it doesn't, um, you know. So he went down to Triple A, and I think he went five innings of hitless baseball, and then in the sixth, he allowed a base runner, and then immediately allowed a home run after allowing that first base runner. Yep. So it's so it's something he's having problems with at the major league level and at AAA as well. Yeah, I counter. I I I remember when I looked at the the box score, the guy who hit the home run wasn't anybody I knew of, so I felt like that was not great either. Right. <laughs> I was hoping I could be like, oh, it's this top one hundred prospect who's supposed to be killing the world, but no. Yeah, who the smoothie king only knows. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, I mean, we'll see. I, I've heard people say that John Gray will be back up. You know, he'll miss maybe two starts. And then I've heard people say that he'll be down for a month. I mean, Patrick Saunders tweeted, somebody asked him, you know, is John Gray going to be back up when someone goes down? I don't remember who. Oh, when Bettis went to the DL. And he said, I would not expect him to be back anytime soon. I don't know what anytime soon means, but man, that felt like... Just the tone of it just read as like, wow. Right. He's going to be done for a while. Well, and we've seen yeah. guys like, we, we've talked about Tyler Matzik more than a few times on this podcast, actually. Oh, no. We've seen guys like Matzik just, I mean, Matzik went from a starter to single A in the span of less than a calendar year. There was a 10-start stretch to end, was it 2014, where he was legitimately a top-five pitcher in baseball by any metric you looked at. and then Yeah, he just hammered it. Yep, and now he's out of baseball because mentally he couldn't do it. And you're right. I mean, he ended that season, um, and everybody thought, wow, Matzik is our ace next year. And Matzik yep. made three or four starts the next year that he had an ERA in the double digits. And, yeah, they sent him to single A to work on mental issues, and we have never seen Matzik again. He, his first appearance back there, he walked nine guys in, sing, in low A ball. Oof. That's rough. So, I mean, John, yeah. John Gray didn't used to, like, have these issues as much. He was just getting better. And then, I mean, it's not like just the playoff game destroyed him or anything. But I, I mean, mean, to a certain half point, the wild, that wild card game broke him. I mean, the, you mentioned something about golf earlier that you'll see golfers that have, a, like, a terrible meltdown in a major, and then they're gone for, like, two years. You don't ever hear from them again because it gives them the yips, and John Gray seems to have the yips. When anyone's on base for any reason, yeah, because of his crazy high BABIP. Yeah, I mean the second half of last year, he was dominant, borderline on almost every start he made after that Mets game, and now it just feels like every game is that Mets game. Well, it's it's hard to figure out the BABIP thing because it's not like his hard hit ball rate is high. It's not um, even his medium contact rate isn't high. Like guys aren't hitting John Gray hard. It's just everything that they're hitting is. 
working for them and working against him. So it's, I mean, it's just, it's kind of hard to figure out why that Babbitt is so high. I wonder if there's like, maybe like we're shifting on him wrong or something, or maybe there's like a miscommunication between the defense or if that has to happen. I mean, Babbitt, you can't always predict, but you can't always predict it, but his Babbitt is 47 points higher than the next player. The next player is Nick Pavetta who has a 339 BABIP against, and John Gray has a 386 BABIP against. I mean, there's a a gap of 47 points in there, and that's just... I don't know how... Should should the infield have, like, better communication with the catcher that we all know this is the pitch it's going to go where? Maybe they... Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I I mean, what other other explanation would you have for a BABIP that high? I I wonder if he's tipping his pitches, but his stuff's still Uh, so nasty that they're still not connecting on it or he's there he's tipping his pitches but he's missing his spot well enough that mm-hmm. or he's get he's hitting his spot well enough that the guy can't reach it well enough to hit it anyway yeah or and then you just got like course positioning yeah um and, and it's not sometimes we get into spray charts like we got into spray charts with the investment for a while and so mm-hmm. maybe that's something that needs to be looked at is um where his spray charts are because maybe guys are just pulling the ball against him at an inordinate rate or or going oppo in an inordinate rate or something like that but there has to be a reason like you don't have it you don't have a babbit 47 points higher for no reason it's just not a it's not a thing and so we're talking about hard hit rate um john gray has the 40th lowest hard hit rate so it's not like it's phenomenally low but it's 40th out of what 84 qualified starters so he's right in the middle so it's not like he's getting hit hard by any metric um he just apparently has zero luck zero none that's kind of like the whole thing it just feels like it's some weird unlucky thing and every every national guy who talks about him says, ah, he's just getting unlucky. Oh, this is kind of a weird coincidence. John Gray has blah, blah, blah. But, man, I I don't know what else to do because it just feels like everything's bad luck for him right now. Yeah, he can't, the guy cannot get your break. And even, I mean, John, like... You can, if you look at the spray charts, there's absolutely nothing's hit to right center. And, I mean, maybe it's something they need to adjust to. I don't know, but even... So another thing to go back to on Gray with There's that this with huge his hole. high BABIP and he's got a decent ground ball rate, like he's got a 45% ground ball rate. Um, he's got that good FIP. He's got that good XFIP. So it's not like his XFIP is actually low, is 2.8, which is just amazing. But John Gray also has the 13th highest uh, F war among starting pitchers, which, uh, you know, recognizes the fact that he's getting through five innings or so um, of just dominant baseball. But then that, yeah. you know, that sixth inning when he loads the bases and then comes out without recording an out is where he just gets destroyed. Yeah. There's like, there's, there's not a single ground ball up the middle. Not a single one. Yeah. Cause Trevor story and DJ LeVay here are there. Exactly. Well, that, that maybe that's the case too, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's positioning. Maybe there's actually, maybe we actually need to have one of those like baseball movies where he like has like some snake juice or has like voodoo or <laughs> some got, I mean, or, 
If I was like Harada Parra or somebody who's got a goofy personality, I would legitimately take John Gray's like glove and like put a gigantic burn mark on it or something. Like just do something weird. Some kind of hex. Maybe yeah. He took, maybe he took Joe Boo's shot of rum. Yeah, maybe. That's what happened. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't but it's do that, I mean, John. John Gray's season this year is 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 one of those seasons that in three or four years Fangraphs is gonna write about it again. Because it doesn't it just doesn't make sense. Make sense. Right. Like somebody maybe will stumble across some obscure stat or some new stat will be invented that makes that is like, oh, here's why John Gray was bad that year. But as it stands right now, it's not explainable. Well, and we might find out John might have something going on that we don't know about, which is the reason why the Rockies signed with AAA. And maybe in Personal whenever, stuff. yeah, maybe in a couple of years, it pop, it comes out that you know, hey, he had this debilitating thing happen in his family, and he was having difficulties getting through it. So we sent him down to AAA to kind of be out of the spotlight. Right, but he's still pitching at AAA. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it either. I'm trying yeah. to fathom any way I can. It's a weird thing. Every time he gives up a hit, he has to cut off part of his hair. Ooh, that would be scary for him. <laughs> you know what? He's a ghost hunter. What if he went ghost hunting this off season and got Maybe possessed he's not somehow? Going ghost hunting. Got cursed. Oh, he got cursed by a ghost. Yeah, yeah he's guys. like somehow possessed the, inside of him. The Babip. Yeah, the, the Babbitt ghost. He went the to the Babbitt ghost. <laughs> um, speaking of other things that are ridiculous, let's talk about the roster construction one more time. How many outfielders are there in one second? Go. Five? Six. There's six. Six? Six? There's six. We well, have, do you consider... Is it seven? Is Jordan Patterson, Ramel Tapia, Charlie Blackman, Cargo, Para, Para, Cuevas, Desmond, Technically. Vileka. Has played outfield. Walters. Well, and you have to name Nolan outfield. now because he's played the outfield now too. Oh yeah, that's right. He played against Joey Gallo. That's nine. <laughs> played so right field ten. or left field. Okay, there's ten possible outfielders, except really maybe yeah. eight. I heard it described best with Arenado that he looked like when he was standing in left field. He looked like a kid that lost his parents at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> he did look super out of place. <laughs> he did not know what he was doing. <laughs> um, okay. I love Noel Cuevas, but he's fallen back to earth. And he's probably yeah, he's probably the first guy that would slash should go down. I mean, I guess I mean I, we've talked about the fact that there was some attitude stuff with Rymel Tapia more than performance. Um, and his defense, the juggle catch. Yeah, but his de- it's not like he's I mean gonna, that juggle catch was cool though. From, yeah, he's not going to be a downgrade from Chuck. So no, unfortunately, it's true. Um, Chuck's defense is bad. It's really bad. Uh, so he's the first guy to go down because clearly I mean, if Tapia is up right now, then whatever was going on with Tapia has apparently been figured out and is done. Or they just need to get more outfielders. Yeah, I guess go I go all the yeah, outfielders. Can we commission Rob Manfred to have a rover? To have a ro- to have like a guy that Oh, as a pitcher, as like a spot? Yeah. Like we'll just put a tenth position player out there. That'll that'll speed up games, less offense. Yeah. Uh, there will be less people on base, so pitchers won't have to worry about throwing over. And no longer intentionally walking. Week. Yeah. Well, if, sure. there's le- if there's less people on base, then John Gray will be an ace again. Exactly. This works out so well for us. Petition Rob Manfred for a rover. Or maybe like a fifth base. 
Oh yeah, we could get real weird. <laughs> Rob Manfred, call us up. We got ideas. Another base that right. no one can um, be slower to run to. So, <laughs> so other roster predictions: Quave is going to go down. Top is going to stay up. Um, Dahl's getting healthier, but Dahl he's still going to need some time in AAA after he gets healthy to tune up and get because he didn't see many pitches before he went to the DL. And it's a broken foot. I mean, he was taking hacks the other day. So if you told me that Dahl was like. Le- if it was less than a month out, I would 100% believe you. If he was less yeah. than three weeks out, I'd be like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'd say three to four weeks is about where we'll... Because he'll get some help with the All-Star break, not having to... us. We'll get help health-wise, because you still accrue those days on the DL. Right, right. Right. So then, Valeko's got to stay on the team, because he's got a pact with the devil. Jesus. Um, and John Gray... He's not there, obviously. Jesus is not there, John. <laughs> I'm sorry. John Gray can stay down for the time being because your boy Sensei, if he can do anything like he did, uh, was that Tuesday? Was that that 8-1 game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, If he can do anything like he did on Tuesday, then clearly he is a very serviceable stopgap right now. Well, and with the off day on Thursday this this week, we can go four-man rotation for one more turn, and we'll need one for the day before the All-Star break. And so Which, do you just, uh, if for whatever reason, say Kyle Freeland doesn't make the All-Star game, do you just tell Kyle, hey, go ahead, just throw one more game and you'll get the extra rest because you're not on the All-Star team? Or like a, or like a couple innings. I mean, the day yeah. before the All-Star game, you could just bullpen it up, maybe have Jerry Vasto start because he's on the team. Yeah, Vasto yeah might as well. So I mean, it's, Who, I think Vasto has the highest XFIP on our team, by the way. Do you know, um, do we talk to the opener yet? Uh, I love the opener. Try idea. hashtag the opener. I love it. I feel like we should try it. So last night, t- I, I can't really figure this out because I swear I looked it up last night and the Rockies had the second lowest ERA over the last 14 games among their starters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then today they're third, second to the Seattle Mariners, which I don't. like. There's no way the Seattle Mariners passed them. So either I read something wrong or I looked up something wrong or I don't know. But the team in first place is the Rays. Which is a little disingenuous because their starter is the guy that goes an inning and then doesn't allow any runs, and so they have a super low, low, low starter ERA. But the Rockies starters over the last 14 days, I swear, still have the second lowest ERA. So that starter idea is cool, but right now our starters are dropping a just an awesome ERA. Well, my thought process was is Chad Bettis is bad in the first inning. Brian Shaw is just bad all the time, so why don't we shake it up, give them like just a different viewpoint. Maybe they have to focus differently, you know, prepare differently, and it just clicks. So you put Brian Shaw in for an inning, an inning, a third, and then you put Bettis in and see what happens. Well, and as you know, though, Brian Shaw was classic Brian Shaw in AAA last night. He did strike out the side, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't blow a save if you're not willing. I just... That's it's you talk about mental issues. I mean, Something he just has. I, there were some there were some warning signs, but nothing that was a warning sign that was like this guy is going to forget how to throw a baseball. His 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 cutter legitimately does not cut anymore, which means it's straight down the middle. I'm just kidding. I'm just getting crushed. But and that was a mental thing again with me with Brian Shaw was the Chicago Cubs game when the rainy Friday night game when Bud Black left Brian Shaw out there to wear one and he just hasn't ever found it since then 
Yeah, because he was struggling before then, and now he's he's. And he was struggling, but like he was, he could get through it, type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're kind of thinking to yourself, oh crap, he loaded the bases again, and then he'd get out of it. And after that Chicago Cubs game, he loaded the bases and gave up a grand slam. Yeah. And there's been a couple of those moments early in the season where he did get two or three on, but he was able to get a double play or able to get two strikeouts and. You know, it was shaky, but he got out yeah. of it. And it was ugly, but effective. And now he's yeah. not effective anymore. So, Brian Shaw is not effective. Mike Dunn's not effective. Uh, John Gray is, should be effective, but he isn't. We've got six outfielders. Three catchers. Three catchers. Four starting pitchers. <laughs> or three, really, right now. You know, if you had, right. if you go right, if us goes right now and talks to March us, we're super confused. <laughs> And I feel like I'm more confused today than if somebody explained it to me. Hey, in three months, this is going to be your roster. Just you're probably still more confused have. now. <laughs> it's it's weird when I have more faith in Ian Desmond's ability to hit a ball than British's construction of a roster. Like I have no idea what's going on with the roster. It's bizarre, um, but I will say that, like even just the conversation we were having about how we can work the rotation coming into the All Star break and everything like that. It's bizarre, mm-hmm. but we were able to make it work. Yes, I mean we're what seven and one in our last eight. It's working. Yeah, something. Sure. I don't know how, but it's working. Bring more offense in. Yeah. Um, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll figure out if she we should bring more offense in, or if we should do something or nothing. We'll see you guys after the break. All right, we're going to do some hot takes or some hot spots or some hot takes on some hot spots of what do you want to do in July. Uh, Jason, how are you feeling about this team right now? It's hard to criticize them right now when they're on the stretch that they're on. Um, That said, I still think that if if they continue this stretch, this isn't a criticism, but if they continue this stretch, they should add pieces um, like they did with Ishek last year, for example, who was such a great pickup for us or like, I'm not saying we should go get a catcher because we already have three of them, but like like we did with Lucroy, <laughs> where we can add a, a bat or something like that. Um, it's hard to find the hole right now. I think that DJ is kind of playing himself into you know, forcing the front office to make a really tough decision because DJ has been really good again this year. Um, Though we do have the likes of Hampson, the likes of Rogers, um, Welker, different guys that, are down there that can take DJ's spot. I still think that if you were going to make a trade right now, I think your biggest trade bait should be Brendan Rogers. I fully believe that because we have guys that can fill his position. And even though he's one of our top prospects, he's our, because he's one of our top prospects, we can get a lot back for him. And it's not like he's. We don't need Brendan Rodgers. That would be the best way to put it. Um, so because well, we have Trevor Story, and you're committed to him. We have Story, yeah, and Story. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. People have said before that Story can't adjust in the season. He needs to adjust in the off season, and he had this super. He certainly had a sophomore slump, but this year Story has been all star worthy. So we have Trevor Story, we have DJ LeMay, we have Garrett Hampson, we have Garrett Welker, we have, um, or excuse me, uh, Welker, we have. A bunch of different guys that can take Rogers' spot, and Rogers, at that point, to me, becomes hugely awesome, and not necessarily a 
roster necessity. So if we're coming into July 15th or July 30th, which is the trade deadline, and we're right there in contention, I think that's a guy you dangle to try to find that bullpen guy like Nishek or that bench bat that's out there somewhere or something like that. Yeah, but what's contention to you? If we're within three games of division or wild card, I say do something. That would be what I would say. Because three games, I, I, three games with two months left to play. Three games is a series. Yeah, I mean you're right there. True. So, yeah. The I mean the, it is, um, but at the same time, like these days, I have to know that any July is the Dodgers' July. Because they can, they can get pretty much whoever they want. Yeah, I don't think they want I mean, anybody. Unless though. they're really, really looking for prospects. I mean, and I think you're I right, John, that they don't want anybody. I don't. No. Like they keep coming up with the Machado trade rumors, and I just don't see the Dodgers trading for Machado. They're not going to take a rental yeah. on Machado. Yeah, yeah. they they want to stay under the tax line to go after this big free agent class, and they're hugging that line. So if they do trade somebody, they're going to have to trade a major league piece that's owed money to somebody else. And they just don't want to do that. And well, they've already gotten rid of a lot of their overhead, too. Yeah, which is why they're actually under the tax line this year. Because it and resets. They don't, have any, they don't have anybody on their 25-man that I look at and say, oh, this is who they trade. Um, yeah. So well, they're all, like, most of them are young and promising. Yeah. Exactly. And, I mean, what's, I mean the, your oldest guy is obviously Matt Kemp. Uh, but nobody's trading high. for that contract, no matter how good he's right. been this year. Nobody's going to trade for that contract. Nobody's trading for Yasmani Grandal. They're not going to trade Justin Turner. They're not going to trade Bellinger. They're not going to trade Seeger. They're not going to yeah. trade Chris Taylor. I just yeah, I don't see. It'd be there. weird if they trade traded Puig somehow. Puig, I, I guess, is a guy that sailed. I could see get traded, but it would be mm, so. I think strange. that ship sailed. Yeah, I want I, I want to dislike Puig so much. And I just love Puig. <laughs> yeah, I the whole sub hates him. So that after he lost that Angels game last night. Like I knew when I saw that clip when I woke up this morning, I knew the sub was going to have a heyday with it. Sure enough, that was the top comment in our post game thread. It wasn't even about our game. <laughs> <laughs> it was about Puig. Yeah, I love Puig. He's so I weird. I just, I just great. love people who have fun playing baseball. Like, right. I don't care yeah, who you are. You have fun. I'm gonna like you. So it's something that we've talked about with having fun too. And speaking of the roster in the clubhouse and everything like that. Um, <laughs> and the other day. Aaron out of that three run home run, and he came into the dugout. And he yelled at the crowd like like happy, you know, screaming like he did. Good, he good yell. <laughs> yeah, good yell. And came into the dugout with a big smile on his face, and they were showing him on the bench with a big smile on his face. And it was kind of heartening to see because it was um, June was so bad, and he hadn't been having fun. Right, he hasn't been having fun, and I and I I wonder if I mean we certainly weren't the only people to notice that Nolan was so down on himself despite being a top five player in baseball this year. I mean, Nolan Arenado is having a legitimately phenomenal year and he was still down on himself. I so, mean, he is the all-star, like he's the third baseman without a doubt. Finally. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's up by like a million baseman. votes. And even Cubs fans are saying this year, Arenado is the best third baseman in baseball. Um, and that's how you really know something is true is whether Cubs fans, when the Cubs it. fans aren't arguing for Chris Ryan, who's having a not very good year, admittedly. Um, but and Nolan Arenado this yeah. year is the best third baseman in baseball, and I wonder if somebody finally said to him, "Like, dude, Relax. check out what you're doing this year. Like, look how good you are this year." And it finally has clicked with him. I don't know. I well, think, there was that I whole think it helps the offenses better. It helps the there offenses better. There was that whole better, interview right? with 
There was that whole interview with The Athletic where he, he basically said, I'm tired of losing, and he kind of stopped short of saying that he wasn't happy with where the team was headed. And so I think that kind of probably helped. Maybe he realized that, hey, when I say something, it carries weight, even if I missay something and it's taken not the right way. Right, and... He's still got some growing to do. And you talk yeah. about the offense being good, making it fun. But I think if Nolan is out there having fun, it also makes the offense good. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think that they can help each other. I think within three is reasonable. Um, but it's also like, I really don't want to give up that much. Um, and some like some days I'm, I think that we got to trade LeMahieu. Like, when else we're going to get anything for him. But who would take him? Yeah, I don't know who would take him. Um, back Somebody... Here. I don't know who would... You know, I don't, who, you know who would take him, which would be the worst thing in the world? The Dodgers. They've been struggling for a second base, except for Muncie is apparently their second baseman now. Uh, Muncie that... What do they call him? That funky Muncie? Frankie Munster? <laughs> yeah, Muncie's having one of those years that just bugs you it's kind of like a cardinals type of year whereas where he's just, just kind of no name i guess they had it in chris taylor last year yeah. um just kind of this no name who is destroying things right now um, right but there's like um i would say though on the on the lemayhu front if there's one thing brightish wouldn't do it's make a trade with the dodgers in a contending year he's not gonna do right anything. i i can't but like who else is gonna take a second baseman right now Who's like aging, but it's great OBP. Yeah. Um, who's the Philly's second baseman again? Is that a? Uh, uh, it still Cesar Hernandez. There was Scott Kingery supposed to be their second but baseman King, for a second. Kingery was supposed to play Hernandez. somewhere else, but recently? JP Crawford's been hurt bad. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's two. Yeah, there's two sides of me on Lemayhew. It's like I agree with you that that we should try and get something for him, but I also DJ's, DJ's playing out of his mind. Like DJ's been really good. So that, I mean, that's a tough. That's a tough. It's it's tough the only team that right needs him. In Boston, I think it's got to be and right I don't offer. like Boston's farm system enough. That's the only team that needs a second baseman. That's kind of wondering about Boston. Yeah, but they don't because yeah. he's. What's yeah, his name, Dom I mean, their he, best prospect is now a Tommy John surgery pitcher who had questions about yeah. his longevity in the first place. They have a first baseman prospect, Sam Travis, who I really like, but he's not perfect by any means. Can, and probably rated too highly to trade for a one a half year rental second base. Can baseman. Brock Holt play second base? Hmm. So I yeah. just don't. I still. I, I still think when we talked about DJ. Um, a couple, like a couple months ago, we talked about DJ probably not being worth whatever the qualifying offer is this next year, which is around eighteen million dollars. I'd slap it on him if he takes it. Great. Not if not, eighteen. Let him walk. Get the draft pick. I'm fine with you. Slap that qualifying offer on him. I'm good with either yeah, scenario. Whichever one he picks, I'm good with it. Who we gonna? Who else are we gonna that pay? DJ's eighteen million good with Rogers and Hanson. <laughs> I don't know who else we're going to pay, but here's my thing. He did look Ryan smooth. McMahon needs to play. And did you see him at second base those couple games? Yeah, there's another guy that can play second. I mean, we have so many second basemen that it goes back to 
we just need to trade Brendan Rodgers because Rodgers is going to play short. Yeah. So, I mean, trade Brendan Rodgers or um, pl- make sure Hampson can play second base or McMahon or I. I feel like if we're going to try to, that's one of our better pieces, and the other better piece is Auto. If we're selling, and I can't get rid of Auto. Yeah, I don't. Uh, auto, Auto. That would be a tough one too. But I, I feel I I would rather die with Auto than trade him. He's just that valuable. You talk about Auto though. If we are if we happen to be sellers to the deadline, which I fingers crossed that we are not. Um, but if we happen to be sellers to the deadline, I can't imagine the type of haul that you could get from you know a contender that could put that arm in their bullpen yeah. would give up a lot for that. Well, what what would we even what would we even need? I honestly think that we're just waiting on a lot of our older guys to age out of the of the offense and then we're stuck with our uh, our bullpen because of Dunn, McGee, Davis um, and Shaw unless somebody wants to try to relieve us of Shaw and give us like four bullpen arms and maybe one might work I don't think uh, yeah I don't, I don't think we have much <laughs> in that uh, maybe uh, Mike Dunn because trade. he's this is the last year of his deal next year maybe <laughs> yeah, no. yeah Brian Shaw's <laughs> going to be a Rocky team 2020 and there's not a lot of I mean how bad of a seller how bad of a seller could we be if we gave away auto and a bullpen arm because that's like right, the only way reason I'm thinking about the bullpen arm is because that's I mean, now our flaw is all of our money's in the bullpen right and and you and you, you, you raise a point with Mike Dunn that if a contender went after Adovino the kind of yeah you also have to take Mike Dunn type of thing where you also you know yeah. that would be where well and you know, but I, I don't, don't think I don't I think, think that we're in a job. position to where we can say yeah sure we'll accept lesser return because we're going to slap Ryan Shaw in here so now you're not you don't have to give us player X. We'll take these two 17-year-olds who look terrible in Dominican League ball. Go ahead and send them our way, and you just take this guy. Right. Well, what's the point of getting a 17? Because I think next year is still our contention year because that's where we still have Nato, the hopefully most of the rookies that have been playing well in like AAA – Finally, are able to make it. I mean, this is why I just rather have like a Dodgers kind of renaissance. Because I, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind buying cheap. Like if we can find a bullpen arm who's having a decent season, and we can do. You know, we give out a similar return to Nishek, and we find a bat that we give up a similar. Yeah, and if we get a bat that's a similar return to Luke last year, that's fine. I don't really want to give up Rogers or Lambert or. Anybody like that, I'd rather go into 19, see how things are going then. And if we're doing well and we know, hey, if we do if we do one more thing, we can get Nolan now. We can push him over the edge to re-sign. And then you put in a Brendan Rodgers for, say, I don't know, say there's like a, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know who would be available to it. Say like Anthony Rendon for some reason wants to play, he can't because he can't play second base. The Nationals are like, hey, we're, we're selling Anthony Rendon. That's a guy you sell. That stuff. Throw him in there, and then tell Nolan. Yeah, the Nets. Me. The Nets are they're they're probably be sellers at the deadline at this point. 
I think what's been weird is that the offense has been okay in June, but like they were the worst in baseball. They've never been the worst in baseball. And just, I mean, cutting Para and Cargo no. isn't going to just fix that. Something that is really... And now they're good somehow. And Something that really sticks out to me about June, and I kind of hate to admit it because I've always wondered if it were true or not and kind of took the position that it wasn't, but that pitching can win at Coors Field because when our starters were decent and our bullpen was good in April and May, that's when we had a winning record. And when our offense went off in yeah. June, it didn't matter because we couldn't pitch. And so... I mean, it's it like it kind of vindicates Breidick. Like it's going after pitching is what the team needs to do, but he just hasn't done it in proper manner. I will agree with Bridge <laughs> when he decides to put a roster that makes some sense. <laughs> like no, like earlier in the year we couldn't figure out the the lineup the right way, um, and that may have been more of like a Bud Black thing, or that Bud Black wasn't giving the right pieces, and we're all like, it makes no sense. Just put DJ first. Finally changed that. And I don't understand why you the don't DH just, just the last couple no days. Sense. What's the and it's point? Not. You know what? I don't care what you want to play, Chuck. Chuck probably wants play to play DH. center or something. And he just missed his birthday. <laughs> yeah. Right. Go hit. If you can't play D, play DH. You know, and Chuck is having, I guess he did hit a that home yeah. run King Felix last night. He had an okay game last night. I think he had three hits last night. I think it like a mm-hmm. hit. Um, but maybe the DH would also kind of—it's like of using an off day but keeping your guy in the lineup. Pull him out of that. Kind of, yeah, yeah, so it gives gives you some hacks without having to go run around the outfield yeah. for a couple days. Yeah, and he probably needs it now that he's like, there's no way he's an all star. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the when you're an all star and everybody recognizes you and knows you and loves you because your well, beard and your personality, no. and now you're not an all star anymore. And he shouldn't be fourth in the vote. But Bryce Harper shouldn't be third abysmal. In the <laughs> Not abysmal. <laughs> a poor season. June. Yeah. He's having a poor season, and it just couldn't be happening at a worse time because he's an unrestricted yeah. free agent next year, and everybody's. It's like him and Machado are having some sort of competition about who can lower their value faster, and Machado is all like, all about how much he wants to play shortstop, even though he's great as the worst defensive well, shortstop in baseball. Play shortstop instead of third. Well, and he's yeah. he's he's yeah. on pace to put up the worst season as a shortstop ever. Machado is, <laughs> so it's not even like he's the worst this year. He's the worst, and all he has to say to the Orioles yeah. manager is, "Hey, I want to play third again." And the manager yeah, and okay. he can get forty million dollars next offseason season <laughs> if he says, "Yeah, I'll play third base." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's it like is, it's, uh, he's Trevor hmm, Bauer with a paintball gun. Old. <laughs> in the in his region, yeah, his giblets. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just do like one last thing. Oh, John, oh. did you? We keep getting derailed after the whole buyer and seller argument. John, your like contention by July uh, like, trade deadline. What's I mean, I don't, I don't want to sell anything. I just think you stay. I think at worst you stay put with what you have. Uh, I'd say five games at the trade deadline. Go ahead and buy a bullpen piece or a bench bat. Uh, anything more? Just stay put. Yeah. Stay yeah. bat. Hope next year's better. 
I kind of agree. I think 2016 was a lot different because yeah, like, staying staying put in 2016 reason, I felt like there was weird. some move we could have made. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. 2018 feels like this might be a fine time because you got what Almonte and Lambert are, are coming up as um, possibilities, and uh, there's another guy that can start if Freeward isn't. Yeah. If he's like yes. or he was yes. And remember my prediction earlier Because Jeff this year? Hoffman will never do anything ever, yeah. it seems. Yeah. I mean, your prediction by a lot of metrics should be right. Well, and John Gray's been just, having a weird season, yeah. too. We just got to go can. Seth Lugo route with him. Just throw him Put in the bullpen ball. and say, throw nothing yeah, but yeah. curveballs. I don't All care right. what you do, just throw your curveball a lot. Yeah, just throw your curveball out. Yeah, pull up McCullers kind of thing. And there's been so many, there's been so many flashes of brilliance with yep. Hoffman that just make you think, all right, here's the Hoffman we all thought he would be, and then he just loses it again. Speaking I of know. Jeff Hoffman, um, part of that, he was obviously part of the Tulo trade. Oh, and Jesus. Jesus Tinoco made the futures. Cool. He's also like the biggest That's roller coaster. Cool. No, the Padres have the most. Can we have the most people in the Futures game? He's a... He's a I think, he, I think you'd only though. have... Two, you're only allowed yeah. to have two players in the Futures game. Per team. Do they? That's I think strange, the Padres are that pretty, I, There used to be a rule that you could only have two. I'm, I'm 100% positive on that. Um, yeah. But it's... I, I know Tonoko has been a roller coaster, but Tonoko's also... He's 22, and 20, he didn't yet. He's either playing organized baseball so, in... I think he's from the Dominican until he was older than most players. I think he was, I think the interview said he was 11 or 12 when he started playing organized baseball, which for a guy in the, from the Dominican, that's basically like, yeah, <laughs> you've passed it. Right. You're old. Yeah. I mean, I started, yeah, yeah, we all, I think we all probably started baseball significantly younger than that. And we're not from the Dominican Republic. Um, and so, I mean, I guess him getting the recognition of, making that game though is maybe a little mm. positive thing Miguel Castro. What, him and Jeff Hoffman and now I'm forgetting the yeah, last he's name he's the Orioles and uh, walk the world Castro. type of year no so, something that definitely wouldn't play well why don't we do um, one last thing that you found interesting or one last sentence what? we'll get done um I thought something I've noticed recently is I never thought DJ had a great arm, but in the past couple of weeks he's made a couple of throws that are just cannons in tough positions. Uh, Ian Desmond totally missed cool the first base a couple innings ago, which was weird to watch, and so that's all I got. <laughs> On defense. On defense or offense? <laughs> It was weird. I didn't understand it. I mean, Granite just kind of like raged to get the ball, and then DJ made a great play, so he tried to run back, and DJ threw him the ball, and when he caught it, he went to put his foot down, and he was about seven or eight inches from the back. Yeah, it was weird. I just, that's, you should play first place. He's, Desmond's defense is average at first, but he has definitely yeah, had some great part plays, like crashing on bunts when he shouldn't and things like that. When you discuss what you should do before at the pitcher's right, mound. Right, when we have a mound visit to discuss a the defense, and then, he, and then he blows it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Zach, what have you uh, noticed that you're happy about? 
Well, sad about? I'm I'm happy that I'm been wrong for the last like couple of weeks. Desmond, Para, and Cargo. Cargo looks like he's having so much fun too. He's like the antithesis of Nolan. Like Cargo just looks like he is having a blast out there. He does. And that's I think that's one of the things that will always make Cargo a fan favorite is that he's got a radiant smile that he's always got on his face. He's just a and Cargo. I I don't know. There was a discussion the other day about guys that sign autographs a lot and cargo has turned into the guy that signs kind of no matter what i have cargo's autograph multiple times now because he he's that guy like he's a fan favorite and he's happy and he's embraced it and he clearly wants to be on the rockies which is pretty awesome and yeah he just yeah. You got, it's, it's hard to not just love sure we've can he catch he, yeah he can't dive apparently no, no, dive. can he play catcher <laughs> yeah. Oh, can't he catch? We're looking for another one. When's the last time we saw a left handed catcher in Major League? Sure. In the 40s. Figure it out. All right. I think. All right. Well, it's a one to one baseball game because Gene Segura just hit a. Gene, you got me again. Solo homer. Segura yeah, he just did in Arizona that one year. go off against this, it seems like. No matter what. All right. Well, let's go watch some K Yeah, yeah. Let's go watch some K Freeland. Go, everybody. Bridges. Yeah. Go, Rockies. Go, Dude. Freeland. All right, guys. Have a good day. See ya.